Hey everyone, welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon, I'm the host of the Going in Circles Podcast Network. My co-host and friend, Barry the Sniper Spears, will be with us in just a minute. Today, we uh, we don't have a whole lot of stakes action to cover because there hasn't been a whole lot of stakes action, but we will talk some Breeders' Cup and uh, some of the new developments, including some some late scratches, horses that are not going to make it, uh, some choices by trainers, uh, who, where, where, what spot they're going to go in. Uh, Jack Christopher seems like he's headed towards the sprint, among others, and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff, including details of my trip to Kentucky. Be back here in just about a minute and 28 seconds. Hey, it's the sniper. Hey, it's the Charles Simon. <laughs> I don't have a nickname. Actually, I have like some nicknames that people give me that probably wouldn't be kosher <laughs> to use on the show, but... Uh... I gotta anyways, get, I gotta I gotta really get one that'll stick. <laughs> the sniper's stuck. Yeah, people all the time say, "Yeah, I listen to you and the sniper." <laughs> I know it's weird. <laughs> um, your your gotta... persona, your your alternate persona, the sniper. There's and then, Barry, and then there's the sniper. We could officially name the show after that point, right? We could. Could be no more big Mondays. It could be the sniper and the fat jerk, <laughs> surfer boy and the sniper. Uh, no more surf boy for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe people see me when I, pictures of me when I had hair. They're like, "That's you." I'm like, "No, I pick." You don't look any different. <laughs> I, I I carry around pictures of a my my twin with the <laughs> mullet <laughs> and a Marlboro Cup hat. Yeah, yeah, Marlboro. I'd be. I don't know if they ever had Marlboro Cup hats. I'm sure, they did. I don't know. My my grandparents had every giveaway ever. They used to have a lot more giveaways, that's for sure. Oh, man, they used to have Belmont, Aqueduct, all the time. Just all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Now we get nothing but high takeout. Take it. Take it. Yeah, it it didn't seem like it really made made a dent in increasing the racing product or experience or anything, but it was cool to have. I mean, everybody needs like a... Calendar Bel- Belmont Fall Championship meet uh, windbreaker, <laughs> windbreaker. Yeah, they used to give out bags a lot. Dude. I got a bags and bags. towels. Yeah, towel. The towels were great. You can only use them blanket. Like twelve times before. Got a blanket from pulled. Saratoga one year. Yeah, now they give it Saratoga to have like three giveaways, and they do it on like their Wednesday, uh, Fridays. No more days, huh? It was a giveaway day was Sunday back in the day. It used to be, yes. It was it was a big day. Well, not only was it a big day, but they do the spinners. The people would go 
go stand in line and get a ticket or item, and then they'd go back and they'd do it again. But that, uh, it's just not a thing anymore. Strange. Anyways, I'm in Kentucky. <laughs> the great Midwest came here to um, to work the sale, the Fazic Tipton October yearling sale, which is completed day one today. Very unsuccessful sale so far for <laughs> me and my guys, Pete Dank and Kerry Thomas. We uh, looking for looking for nice horses, but not the most expensive ones. Solid. We're looking for solid horses. Decent pedigree. Good physicals. Look like they can turn into a something. <laughs> but those are those are they're hard to buy. Uh, we, I was going to say, it's got to be a tough task these days because, you know, even the marginal ones seem to be getting bought up. Yeah, the uh, the market is pretty strong still for, at the sales at least. Um, we bid on two today. Shouldn't even say we bid on two. We attempted <laughs> Briefly to bid on involved. two <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Got a look-see once. Yeah. We broke about fifth and quickly surpassed <laughs> two horses, both with um, both with decent pedigrees. Nothing great. No, no half brothers to anybody or half sisters to anybody. By uh, two turf sires, and got. Totally destroyed. <laughs> we're, <laughs> weren't even close. Of course, it went for double. One, one, one for two hundred ten thousand. Damn. An English Channel. That was, that was surprising. I, I you don't think of that's a lot. English Channel fillies going for two hundred ten thousand, especially ones that don't particularly have a whole lot of pedigree in the first couple of dams. Nice filly, but uh, that that was really that surprised me. Yeah, that I wouldn't have expected that either, and I am on the fringes of knowing what's going on. Yeah, but she was really good. I mean, she was a she was a good horse. No, no doubt, no doubt. But uh, and there's still a lot of money out there to buy horses. But there's three more days to go, so we have a bunch tomorrow. Almost put myself in traction. I walked so many steps the last couple of days. Started looking on Saturday morning, and uh, it's a big sale. I mean, there's fifteen hundred horses uh, cataloged, or sixteen hundred cataloged. A couple, couple hundred scratches, but it was good to see people. I mean, a lot of people I hadn't seen in a long time. Couple people did double takes. <laughs> like, what are you doing here? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. I've been lured out of retirement to temporarily t- to come look at these horses. But it's nice. And Kentucky in the in the fall 
the weather can be just absolutely perfect like it was today. Yesterday was, was really nice. Uh, I got here Friday, made it out to Keeneland for a, f- a few races. <laughs> so my, 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 my guy, Ben Huffman, racing secretary at Keeneland and Churchill. Nice. Always good to see Ben. When I first went to Kentucky, I really didn't know that many people. Um, and his father, Blackie Huffman, who was uh, a long time, long time trainer in, in, in the Kentucky, on the Kentucky circuit, was, it was really nice to me. And I mean, he was nice to everybody. He was funny, but, um, you know, I never, you don't forget those kind of things. But um, but Ben does a really good job, and uh, it's a tough job. The racing secretary is, is a job that that uh, you get kind of drawn in two different directions. You have management that that wants you to fill races, um, the big fields, and the horsemen who who you know, want their race to fill. <laughs> and those two things aren't always lined up in alignment. Uh, it's, it's not easy. And, and, you know, especially in this era of fewer race, uh, excuse me, fewer horses. I mean, the schedules have not been pared down to kind of match with the declining horse population. So, and yes, Kentucky has had a huge influx of uh, purse money. So sure it's it's a little bit easier to to do when when um, you know you're giving out the purse money that they are. But uh no Ben does a really good job. Probably stop over there Wednesday or Thursday before before I take off and I'm not staying for the Breeders Cup. <laughs> <laughs> are you staying for the Breeders Cup? No. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to press my luck. The weather's supposed to be. It's been perfect since I've been here. It's supposed to be nice. It's supposed uh, to be miserable, from what I hear. Early reports on. Yeah, yeah. The early reports are it's going to be nightmarish. But I figured, you know, there's no way that we could get like ten straight days of good weather. I think it's actually supposed to rain a little bit uh, midweek, but they need rain here. If you drive. When you drive in, one of the first things you know notice is uh, uh, how the grass is really brown. Brown, yeah. It, it looks dry. Everything is very, very dry. And they just haven't had much rain in Kentucky. And if you look at the uh, the times on the grass, uh, I think yesterday's race at Keeneland, the, the, was it the Dowager, uh-huh. I think they set a, a, a stakes record. I think that's like the third or fourth stakes on the turf. Best. There just hasn't been much rain, if 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 any. And uh, the pool table effect. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they were calling earlier in the in the week. They were calling for a little bit of rain, but uh, now it's it's you know kind of pushed off to the weekend. Um, though it is supposed to cool down. After tomorrow, I mean, today was, uh, I think the high was 78 or 79. Oh, man, that's perfect. But, um, 
yeah, there's just been no significant rain. And when you start to look at the Breeders' Cup um, turf races, especially with the Europeans, you know how they're hypersensitive to the ground. Oh, the ground, the ground, the ground, the going, the going. So they're going to, you know, there's going to be a lot of complaining about it. Though I'm not really sure what we can do. Um, doesn't rain, doesn't rain. This In North America, we don't like extensively watered turf courses like they do over there. But uh, I just don't know how much, unless it rains super hard the day of, day before, the day of, if it's going to have a significant um, uh, if it's going to change it significantly. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I don't recall what the weather was like leading up to the last time it was there, but I want to say it was nice. Yeah, I think it was. I think I think the weather was unseasonably warm. Actually, right, 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 right. Um, I mean, I remember the the last the the two days of races at Keeneland for the Breeders' Cup a couple of years ago were really nice. Hmm. But uh, yeah, the Keeneland main sur- main track surface has been a lot of complaints about it being um, uh, dry and yeah. sandy, and just kind of uh, horses aren't getting a hold of it. It's tiring, deep. So, so we'll see. But uh, a lot of good horses here. I mean, everyone's. Everyone's here, basically. So, flight line, your horse. <laughs> you made it into town Sunday, yesterday. Jogged a little bit. Padded his stall, yeah. apparently. You got a padded stall. You're going to have, have to pad uh, John Sadler's hotel room. He's going to be. <laughs> That's the one you got to worry about. <laughs> He's going to be bouncing up the walls. He's going to be so nervous <laughs> before that. And I'll be honest, I've never been in a position like like he's been in where, I mean, very few trainers have where, where the uh, you're so, I'm trying to think of a word, I'm, the expectation level of your horse isn't only that you're, you're supposed to win supposed the Breeders' Cup class, you're supposed, you're supposed to crush them. <laughs> and and believe me if they win by a neck he'll be relieved and happy but um he'll catch some flack yeah it's (laughs) it's, uh it's kind of crazy i saw bill finley wrote another article today saying oh flightline should definitely come back next year and then didn't really make much of a case for why she come back next year other than uh it, it was a very strange piece it was in the tdn um and I'll continue to say, I just don't understand how it's going to be great for horse racing if a horse that only runs a couple times a year comes back because he's only going to run a couple times. and right. Against a couple of opponents because no, it's not like he's, he's running against 14-horse fields. Everybody's trying to, to get a crack at him. It's not that kind of situation. <laughs> no, right, exactly. It's not like everybody's going to say, yeah, we want our, our chance. Um, I mean, the classic has a, a, a representative size field, but 
hell, it seems like virtually everyone in the in the classic is making their last start in the classic. Um, outside of Taiba and uh, uh, Epicenter, pretty much everyone else is is headed off to the shed after this. Go That's wild. Yeah, Olympia came out today. Yeah, Olympiad, Happy Saver. Um, who else is in there? Cyberknife. Uh, no, he's going to the mile. The dirt. Oh, mile. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. The dirty mile. Boo. Yeah. It seems Jack Christopher seems like he's going to go to the sprint, which which makes sense. I, I don't see why he, he would try and run out two turns in that race. Yeah, that's that's the spot for him. I mean, if he wins the sprint, he's the tur- he's the sprint champion. You get you you're you're a year end champion. You get a Eclipse Award. If you win the dirt mile, you get a high five and a Coke. Yeah, I, I don't see. I mean, I guess the three-year-old championship is still up for grabs if something crazy were to happen. Um, crazy like how? Like, uh, like Rich Strike were the win the classic. Well, that'll make it easy. He he would get uh, he would get, get plenty of support. Um, I mean, you know, if you if you look at, I mean, it's not easy for Rich Strike to win the classic. I think it's like literally a, maybe a it, one or two percent chance of of that happening. Epicenter's body of work may be better, but it's only because he, you know, <laughs> how can I say this? Um, basically. Well, he didn't win a lot of those races he ran good in. No, I, you can't say that the Louisiana Derby, Jim Dandy, Travers trifecta is better than the Derby, Derby Classic. Classic, no way. No, no, that, you, you, yeah. you can't. But, um, but really, that's about the only way that that could happen. Yeah. Because I, even if Epicenter runs up the track in the Classic and Jack Christopher were to win, you just don't see the year-end award winners given to Sprinters. And there's nothing wrong with it. I always thought it was a little bit odd. Sprinters kind of get treated like kickers in, in, in football. <laughs> You want to have them, and you better have a good one. But they just always seem to get downgraded because you know they're they're quote unquote just sprinters. But uh, I mean, I guess there's a scenario where Jack Christopher wins the sprint and Epicenter runs last in the uh, uh, the classic, or and maybe the, there's momentum to have that. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe any end with the. What difference does it make to other than the people that own those horses? Yeah, it really doesn't make it pretty much. Yeah. But uh, but it's, you know it's kind of interesting to talk about. But I mean, right now if Epicenter runs decent, it's the board in the classic. It'd be hard to, to see uh, anybody anybody overtaking him. Right, unless it was like he finished second, Taiba beats him. Yeah, I mean, I guess even Taiba, right? I mean. I mean, Taiba, Santa Anita Derby, and the Pennsylvania Derby. So, 
I know it's so crazy to think about because Taiba was like gone for a while. <laughs> right. You know, Taiba was very, very close to winning Haskell too. Mm-hmm. I mean he could have probably should have. He's probably the best that day. He just didn't get the right trip. Yeah, that's a good point. He probably was the best that day. But I think the sprint is is in, is is a more interesting race, Jackie's Warrior versus Jack Christopher, um, than than not. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, that makes that race a lot more compelling. And Gunite won over the weekend, and he ran up. <laughs> We're in a big fit here. Gunna is in razor sharp form, as they say. And he, uh, you know, supposedly he's going to run, he's going to wheel him back. He should. Why not? I don't know why. I've, I've, I have no, I have no uh, answer for that. <laughs> I mean, it, it only makes sense. The horse is, it can't be doing any better than he's doing, clearly. Give him a shot. You know, the only counter to that might be uh, they would possibly take a shot in, like, the Cigar Mile. I mean, coming off the 7 ace race. It'd be, pretty, it'd be pretty hard to do the, the, the race he ran Saturday, then back two weeks in the Breeders' Cup, and then back... Um, you know, four weeks in a cigar. I guess he could do it, but that would be three races in six weeks. We've seen it before. We've seen it before. That's true, but it just uh, not are... lately, though. <laughs> no, I guess Zandon is supposed to be going to the, the cigar mile, which which makes a lot of sense. Backing him, that's probably the... what he's meant to do. You know, yeah. one turn mile. Yeah, I I think so. I, I agree too. I think that's a better spot for him. He seemed like he. he just doesn't have that kick. Or he loses interest or something. It's just like midway through the race, he just kind of zones out and he kind of gets lost. And then all of a sudden you see him running again at the end and you're like, where did he come from? Yeah, it might just, it might just be distance issues. Yeah. I mean, he might just not be able to get, uh, be as effective you know, past a mile and an eighth. Or even at a mile and an eighth. But the one turn mile should should be good for them. So, uh, and he's won over that track too. The backwaduck, but actually, it won't be backwaduck at that point. It'll be back to aqueduct, not <laughs> backwaduck. We can all change the signs. <laughs> we we can all just go back to just calling it aqueduct. Plain old aqueduct. They still got a long ways to go at Aqueduct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I heard that uh, everything's is going uh, swimmingly with the, uh, the renovations. That's good. Yeah. <clears throat> they um they made an announcement since we last spoke about the the Horseman's Advisory Board. Or did they did we talk about that last week or is that this week? 
that happened just this week. Uh, I think we did talk about that last oh, yeah. week. Yeah, so I spoke to actually their representatives, a couple of the of the, uh, of the members of the of that group. Um, most of whom are surprisingly pessimistic about it. <laughs> really, <laughs> I tell you that one of the biggest issues that um, I have with Heiser. And maybe this is just a personal thing, but I don't get the feeling that reality really matters to that organization. And this idea that the industry is uh, lined up behind it and you know, good to go is... I didn't think that was true based upon the people I, I speak to and, and uh, listening to others talk about their experience and their opinion and their view and, and what others had told those others. But this is all, maybe it's just skewed. I thought to myself that, you know, possibly, hey, that's just my you know circle of people and uh, maybe they're, you know, tend to be more cynical about about things like that, but I have to tell you, um, this weekend I've seen a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while that I don't converse with on a regular basis. And I can't tell you how many times people brought it up and nothing was good. A trainer stopped me today to talk about um, to talk about it at the sale. And he said to me, originally he was all for it because he, this was quote, you want to get the cheaters out of the game. And I wanted to, uh, I was very uh, much in favor of standardizing rules because he said, I, I race in a lot of different jurisdictions and it's, it's been you know, nightmare. <laughs> His, his quote was, you know all the problems. I said, yes, I, I do. I remember. And he said, but that's not what's happening. He goes, they've created a whole you know, new set of rules for things like the shoes that we just can't understand you know, why. Like, why. Right, there weren't really a problem in the first place. Yeah, like, why, why was this done? And then he goes, you see all kinds of... Um, you know, the states putting in different regulations like California announced the other day that they were going to put in a rule about joint injections. Um, and the fact of the matter is that the rule that they're proposing isn't necessarily a bad rule and has a lot uh, makes a lot of sense. But when you're trying to standardize the rules, you're supposed to standardize the rules. That means they're, they're the same across the board. And for some reason, and I know that uh, there are some racetracks <laughs> that are going above and beyond the highs of rules. And that's not how it's supposed to work. That's not standardization. That's just um, increasing the difference between place A and place B and place C 
when we're supposed to be making them all equal. And that's kind of one of the issues that the heights of people never, ever, ever address. And I have a feeling if they did, it would be like, well, we, we, we can't control that. We don't control the state commissions. We, you know, they, they can add their own stuff. And if that's true, then what the hell do what we, do we need you for? for? Right. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not going to go into another dissertation about how HISA should be in charge of the stewards because not that HISA has any expertise in doing that, but someone needs to standardize the rules so that we don't see uh, similar incidences um, adjudicated differently within five minutes of each other because we're watching races from different states. But I, I get the, the feeling that um, people are now regretting the fact that, uh, and, and let's be, be clear about it, we could have all led the charge against it. But those of us that don't have uh, political clout, really, it doesn't matter. I mean, politicians, the national politicians pass laws all the time that people are not really for. <laughs> but you know, what are they going to do? They don't, they don't, uh, they don't care. And, and, and one of the falsehoods about this that is propagated by the highest of people often is that the Congress, ca- Congress does not care about horse racing. That's a crock of shit. Congress does not care about horse racing. Congress doesn't care in the least about horse racing. The only reason that Congress um, accepted this bill was because they don't have to pay for it. <laughs> it's an unfunded mandate. And this idea that um, you know there was this groundswell of support in Congress. No. This wasn't a standalone bill that Congress voted on. It was attached to another bill that had zero to do with horse racing. <laughs> Probably the furthest thing away from it. Yeah. Does it mean it's a law? Of course. Does it mean that, that uh, you know, in, in the halls of Congress, there there's great concern of, over uh, four millimeter toe grabs are used or, or, or not or, or uh, Lasix is used or not? It's not. There is none. They don't care. That's a crock of shit. That's basically bullshit. Politicians on a national level do not care about topics unless they are um, financially vested. <laughs> no, I don't want to go quite there, but yeah, it's financially vested or um, it's not what their party is promoting and we have a we have an election coming up in a matter of weeks and i will be happy when it's over (laughs) because i'm sick of hearing the ads the political ads and if i ever were made czar of the world the first thing i would do is eliminate political ads no more political ads no no more that's it it's over it would probably bankrupt half the TV stations. God knows they're the only ones that benefit. <laughs> but we, it's just a barrage. I, I keep getting texts 
Yeah, I, I've been getting texts. But the funny thing about those ads and everything is they don't even try to persuade anybody. Like, none of those ads that I've ever seen or the ones lately, they don't – it's not like it's like, hmm, maybe that's something for me to think about. Like, they're already talking to the people that are already probably – 98% chance they're going to vote for them. Uh, somehow or another, I wound up in uh, getting uh, political ads for politicians in the Tampa Bay area, <laughs> in <laughs> South Florida, and New York. So I get texts from these people. And of course, I just every time they send them to me, a different one, I, I block it. But it's just it's just nuts. I mean, the ads are basically this. My opponent is horrible and terrible, and if if you vote for him, you you know everything bad is going to happen, and, and the world's going to end. Yep, that's it. It's just it's a like joke. they already hit. You know, I don't know who they're trying to talk to, but none of those ads are persuasive to the point where like somebody that views something differently might change their mind. Like no, it's crazy. It's it's just like total attack, 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 attack. Yeah, attack. crazy. It's nuts. No, it's no wonder the world is crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I hate to, I hate to break it to you, politicians. I ain't vote for any of you. <laughs> you all suck. That's that, and that's 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 my stance. But I, I was really surprised by how many people wanted to talk about that with me, and how many people. Well, it, it's clear that it's 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 a sore spot because it's almost like you know everyone was promised something in this whole thing that would come out of it that's good, and nobody's seeing any results. But I attribute that to the fact that they didn't really pre-plan this; they just like tried to flip on the switch and like see what happens instead of actually having something in place when they started that can kind of evolve, which it's doing now somewhat. But again, nobody's really seeing anything but more aggravation at this point, it seems. I would challenge them to to show me where they've, they've advanced anything. Right. That yeah, I, I don't see any results of them existing that something's changed or different or better. I mean, you go across the country on a monthly basis. There's about 25 jockeys that are getting fined and suspended for the whip rule. Like right. Month. I know the jo- jockeys can't be happy with that. I mean, it's just like they ignore that. It's like, oh no, the whip rule's working. How's it working? I don't. And for it. whom? Yeah. What about all the people whose money you've stolen? It that, that just are are livid about it. I don't know. It just seems. It just seems like for about that fifteenth thousandth time, the concept works, but they're not doing what they said they were going to do. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Give them some time. I don't know. People keep saying, "Give it time." It's like <laughs> it, might, it sounds like it's going to get worse. Right. Well, I mean, they, the assessments just came out, and it's going to cost seventy-two million, you know, estimated seventy-two million, uh, for the states 
the commissions that uh, decide to pay their assessment, which is going to be like two or three different states, and that's it. I was going to say, good luck with that. Yes, and and those states are the ones that are kind of currently uh, swimming in money. But that's going to be the tracks are going to want to be responsible and the tracks are going to pass that cost along. They're not going to just take it. It's not going to happen. That would be the upset of the year. If the tracks just paid millions and millions and millions of dollars for regulation or something that they never had to do. And they did not pass that along to uh, whoever, whether it be betters and or horsemen, which of course is, you know, another negative Uh, continuing on a theme that we talked about last week it literally seems like every horse is retiring and going Mm -hmm. to stud yeah it makes no sense to me I don't know where all the mares are going to come from right so drain the clock is, is going to stud Happy Saver, Olympiad. Um, you know, honestly, these, these are ones since last week. It might be, it might be better off that you get somebody like Drain the Clock that that goes, because I don't gather his his price is going to be that high. Well, uh, I think ten thousand was the. Hmm. But, you know, what's the market for ten thousand dollars stallions like? You know, because, it, I mean, that that would be, at least from where I'm sitting, that would be the question because <clears throat> all these other ones are kind of shooting for the moon. I guess. But I guess if you price your horse realistically. It just seems like there's, there's I don't know why, but for whatever reason, it seems this year as though there is a, a huge influx of stones. Yeah. New, new stallions. It feels like it for sure. Yeah. When there's perfectly good races in 2023. It's true. A bunch of them. Same ones we had <laughs> this year. Starting with the Pegasus. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with the Pegasus this year. Yeah, now that now that the well, Cyberknife could still show up there, right? Or is he done? I don't know. I guess technically he could. I mean, the one thing about the Pegasus was it was it was put in the date it was a because it was kind of a gap in the schedule, uh, and b because a horse could still race there and, and, and make it the stud um, because you know, nobody breeds before uh, you know, middle of February. So you had a couple weeks to get the horse there and acclimated. So it's, uh, I mean, I guess they could run that. I don't know why they wouldn't. Of course, I don't, I don't know. I mean, technically Taiba could run it, though Baffert doesn't generally run much at uh, at Gulfstream. He's won, though. 
Epicenter technically could run there. Mucho gusto. Yeah, it was a terrible year, though. <laughs> well, he might fall in that same sort of situation. Uh, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if if the only horses coming back next year are, are Zandon. Um, oh, because remember, early voting is, is the Preakness winner. He's retired, too. The Belmont winner's been retired already. Yep. And the Preakness winner's been retired already. And it looks like the Haskell winner is going to be retired. <laughs> um, yeah, so. You're right. I mean, it could be kind of a. Though I don't know about American Revolution. <laughs> he just doesn't. He's run okay this year. He just hasn't really. Hasn't busted open. Like, no. Break up. He hasn't run much at all. He's not running in the Breeders' Cup. I'm, I'm guessing he's going to run in uh, the Clark. I mean, he ran okay at church all the summer a couple times. I guess there's a Japanese filly coming for the sprint, the Phillies, the Philly Mare Sprint. Okay. I, I read something I didn't realize the other day. There are no graded stakes for Japanese Philly sprinters. Which is even worse than the US, which doesn't have a whole lot, but they have none, zero. So this Philly, whoever it is, whoever she may be, is coming in search of black type. Great black type. CC. CC. She's coming Defender title. She's not in great form. She's not, but Victor Epsonosa said the other day that she worked the best that she has worked since last year. So, so there's that. Yeah, well, what is he going to say otherwise? Like, what's the alternative? Eh, she wasn't that good, but you know, what the hell? I'm getting the mount. So, yeah, she was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Well, we have to see what the what the workout report says. <laughs> B minus. <laughs> I'm gonna guess in the B somewhere. <laughs> like Maybe every a C. other work. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to see flight lines um, <laughs> work tab. See that one might get A just because you said that. <laughs> Clockers, please give the horse an A. Otherwise, Bill Finley's going to say they should bring him back next year and maybe he'll get an A in a workout report. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we have have more uh, undefeated Triple Crown winners than we have A's in workouts. That's true. The mystery of... Did somebody ever pose that question to them? Of what A... Get an answer? <laughs> I don't think anyone's gotten an answer from anything. Well, if Flightline doesn't get an A, then I guess nobody's getting an A. Yeah. It's... Uh, you know, I was thinking that uh... <laughs> I was talking to, to a friend at, at the sale today about the uh... 
you're talking about the track condition um, at Keeneland, how it's been kind of cuppy, which is a word that seems like it drives everyone crazy. What does that mean? <laughs> it means not fast. But uh, I was thinking when, when Flightline's going to work, they might let John Sadler actually operate the the heavy equipment and, and, and set the track up uh, as you would like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be quicker that day than it's been. Yeah, I mean, life is good's work the other day. Kind of got poo-pooed a little bit as a as a good work, but not white line, but not as good as he has worked before. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, what does that mean? We don't know. Officially, we officially don't know. It's all today's news. Was that Blackbeard, the Aiden O'Brien, oh, two-year-old to... sprinter that was going to be a big factor in the juvenile turf sprint, is uh, not only not coming over, he has been retired to stud <laughs> as a two-year-old. Did they remember they did that... that a couple years ago? Why would they do that? Do you remember a couple years ago they did the same thing, Coolmore? That somebody uh, on their roster died, a colic or something, and they had a good two-year-old and uh, they retired the horse. Didn't didn't run as a three-year-old because they need him to fill in uh, as a star. Hmm. That's wild. It was interesting because Blackbeard A was a talented horse, but B has uh, has displayed gate antics prior to a couple of his races. So that was going to be kind of a uh, an X factor in that race that now doesn't exist. But it's too bad um, because he was uh, probably going to be one of the favorites. Um, Baybridge is not coming over as well. He was kind of not supposed to come over. Then he won the race over there and and sort of was considering it, but now he's, he's not coming either. But. Yeah, I remember the connections on at Ascot. Was, they were saying that they probably weren't going to come with him. But I think the pre-entries will be announced uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. So once they're announced, that's when we get the uh, the pre-entry PPs. <laughs> and then we can start handicapping a week and a half out, not knowing who's even going to be in the race, let alone what post positions they drew. But that's what we do. Can't do anything that anymore because I feel like there's a horse that I like they're not going to make it into the race somehow, some way. You, it's, you feel like you're jinxing yourself? Yes. Self-jinx? Yep. Self-check? 
Well, it'll be interesting. It will. We should take an over-under on how many horses are go- are going to be um, cross-entered. <laughs> so Set preference. So 12 and a half. I don't think anybody's going to be able to to be bumped, huh? <laughs> Nobody's going to get bumped. I just wish some of the trainers like 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 messed with people. Nest, cross centered, and the distaff, and filling in the mirror sprint, <laughs> just to see people. You think there's a possibility? <laughs> he he wants to split those mares up. <laughs> he doesn't want to run against each other. Clutches says, ah, just messing with you. Nothing really of note happened this weekend. No, it was really quiet. Even Stewart decision wise and Yeah. Keep well, it I... that way. You know, because we don't want we don't want another modern games. No. Although uh, Time Lord kind of opened that wound. I saw it. I would have had the Time Lord. Yeah, I had it a couple of times. It was a, Multiple that was a, times. There was a wind out of the sails type of... Uh, the yeah. yeah. I'm still pissed, out. I'm still pissed about it. I am still pissed about it. I gotta say. On I, top of the fact that you know what happened happened what made me more mad was the time it was like nine o'clock nine thirty yeah I'm still mad that they basically covered up what what happened yeah nobody ever we never got an explanation for that not not one that made any sense. But hey, you know, like the suckers keep coming back, which which I don't have an answer for, when or a, a retort to that when people say, <laughs> well, you know, even though you guys get abused, you keep coming back. It's the truth. It's not. It's not a lie. It's not a falsehood. We do. We keep coming back for more. But. But uh, it didn't turn out that the Kentucky stewards' new uh, herding rule that was employed on day one, uh, as usual, hasn't been standard. There's been plenty of herding and no more DQs. Huh. Which is... Which I'll be totally blunt... Not surprising. But um, oh well, uh, Loggins is not is not going to run in the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile, which was news early this week. Yeah, or late week, that he was passing uh, for whatever reason. But that kind of changes the complexion of that race a little bit. 
Well, it opens it up. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now what I like in the in the in the juvenile Phillies. <gasps> right now. Now I'm not saying that she's gonna win or that you should bet her or I'm not handicapping a race two weeks out, but I think Chop Chop is gonna be really tough. I was I really impressed. I really think that that Phillies race was was really, really good. I mean, she overcame. Um, she was put in a tough spot early in the race on a track that really isn't conducive to to closers in those races, especially the stretch races. And she had to make a little bit of a premature move, yet was still running at the end. Yeah. I I agree. I I think you're spot on there. I mean, I cashed in the uh, Alcibiades, but that doesn't mean that I bet on the best horse. Yep, <laughs> I think, I think Chop Chop was the best horse that day, and uh, that that is not a particularly strong division this year. Uh, which I I would assume means that it'll be fourteen. I mean, if I had a decent th- two year old filly. They could get the distance. I I don't know why he wouldn't take a shot, right? But um, yeah, I, I don't think that there's been much talk about that Philly, but I thought that was a really impressive race. And, you know, it's not uh, it's not as though uh, we're giving you thirty one shot or anything. She's probably gonna be the favorite. <laughs> <laughs> or one of them, but uh, definitely a contender. Yeah, yeah. But uh, once we we kind of unveil the uh, the pre entries and, and see which Europeans are seem like they're headed over, then try to figure out who can handle the firmer turf. And granted, the the forecast kind of. Straightens itself out. Yeah. I mean, usually with those kind of things, it's not really reliable until four days out. Maybe even less than that. No, that's true. I mean, they were, like I said, uh, last week they were calling for a 50% chance of rain here on Wednesday, and now it's down to hardly any chance of rain here on Wednesday. That's uh, that's out of our control. Anything else interesting uh, in the world of uh, the sniper? <laughs> it's always something. <laughs> but uh, the Time Lord's wife. Mrs. Time Lord. Mrs. Time Lord, yes. She apparently digs the fact that we say goodbye and then talk for another 45 minutes. <laughs> it's like an encore. I don't know if she was trolling being serious or he put her up to it. I, I haven't figured that out yet. Or maybe all of the above. All three. <laughs> all of the above. Well, I think the Time Lord was upset that, that 
Thunder in tanking mode already. Two games into the season. Yeah, I see Chet's sad tweets, man. Giddy's not playing. Shay Alexander's not playing. Is <laughs> 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 a is a hip contusion. <laughs> yep, better sit him out. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, is that a bruise on your leg? Yep, you know. Yeah. Oh, now, put some ice on that, yeah, sir. We, we, we better play this cautious. Uh, why don't you go home? <laughs> don't even tempt me to put you in the game. <laughs> Bubble wrap. Yeah. Don't do nothing. Till next yeah. season. I mean, later on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, you on the bench there, uh, number 13. Uh, what, what's your name again? Yeah, get in. Yeah, go in there. Yeah. Just 20 minutes shoot. tonight. Don't worry. You're good. <laughs> Basketball's crazy. No one ever, the Utah Jazz, everyone thinks they're like absolutely gave away all their players and are trying not to win. Or in first place, they start off the year they're three and all. <laughs> I think they'd have like, twenty wins on the season. They already got three. It's it's nuts. Football's just as crazy. Everybody Everybody hates NFL officiating worse than they hate NBA officiating. Yeah. There's been some There's been some really strange calls. I think the worst thing that happened to the NFL referees is instant replay. Because they get second guessed. Because yes. Just built in now. It's right, exactly. It's it's like a Automatic second guess, and and they're still right most of the time. It's just that you know the times. Sayonara to the Yankees, <laughs> and all your all the Yankee fans complaining and crying and whining and bitching and moaning. I'm sorry, guys. Your team got beat. You're not the greatest ever. <laughs> and Aaron Judge is going to leave. I don't think he's going to Yeah, he is. I'll I, I, I believe that when I see it. Right. I can yeah. tell you this. I did not like when he came up to the plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he when, strikes out a lot. Man. He does strike out a lot. So it's kind of a, a but he's a you know, scary problem. He's a scary proposition. Yeah, because it'll hit a rocket like six hundred feet, and then you're like, oh, well, that's what One he does. One thing with the baseball playoffs is that, and then people forget that you play 162 games in the regular season, and then you're you're getting in these playoff series, and they're three, five, and seven games. And if you go back through the season, every team. Every team, even the even the, the best teams, have three, five, and seven game stretches where they don't play that. Great. And play well, yeah. I mean, it's not like, um, I mean, look, football is is a single elimination playoffs. But uh, I think I, I like the way they've set up. Baseballs, and I, I know I, I might be in the minority there, but no, you're right because you know that's how you figure out who the best team is. 
there's a there's a big enough sample size in in the series um defines it it's it's it, and it's because baseball is just a different sport altogether um you know football and basketball you can kind of get away with not playing that many games to figure out who's the better team yeah you know but i i like this i like the setup that, that they've done yeah yeah it's a good it's... i mean the phillies wouldn't have even been in under the old format right and they got hot at the right time and um, it gives incentive for, for for more teams to try to make it, right? And the 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 three, five, and seven game series is it allows the the lesser teams a, a chance against the the teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees that that spend two hundred fifty million dollars in the payroll because the depth of a team is not uh, the big advantage that it is over the long haul. When you're playing a three-game series, depth is immaterial. Mm-hmm. You're, you're pitching your best three pitchers. Um, so generally, the, the best teams, maybe they don't have – or maybe their, their top couple pitchers are, are really good, but it's usually their fourth and fifth pitchers that are much better than the smaller teams. That's where the big advantage is, the, the depth of, of, of the pitching staff and, and – um, you know the roster that's mitigated in a short series, but and I'm not just saying that because you know the Astros keep winning, but <laughs> I haven't lost yet. But uh, yeah, sorry, Yankees. <laughs> Yeah, like half my uh, Facebook friends are in shambles right now. Yeah, I just put up the broom last night. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting for that one. (laughs) Now we don't. uh, Can we please stop talking about the stupid garbage cans now? (laughs) No, that's probably going to get worse. Especially if they win again. The Yankees cheated first. Period. The players that brought that to the other teams all started in the Bronx. So there. Well, don't be surprised if you get the dissertation on Twitter on how that's not true. Oh, believe me, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. The fact of the matter is, Houston's pitching is just top un- tier. unbelievably good. Top tier. When Vasquez is their fourth best starter, and you look at his last eight games, he, he's nasty. He's giving up one hit in a game or two hits in a game. Not runs, hits. It's just like a, a, an unbelievable string and yes he's a five inning pitcher sometimes six innings i'm okay with (laughs) runs he doesn't give up any hits i mean you turn them into two and three inning games it's a huge advantage huge advantage if you have a lead before he gets (laughs) yeah right i mean when you if you get down to them it's like 
it's it's just got to be demoralizing knowing that you're going to have to get lucky to score at all and i think that's going to happen to philadelphia they're going to get in that same that same trap and you never know i mean listen philly the phillies have done nothing but but win they've come from behind they've they've played great but the pitching staff that they're going to race run into starting Friday is a little bit different than the ones they've been they've been messing with. Well, everything else good. Your trip went went good too. Yeah, yeah, had a great time. Um, won't see my son for another year or so, um, but we'll. You've seen him in Hawaii though the next time you see him. <laughs> Why, man? Go go surfing, go to the volcanoes. I'm gonna try to do it all. Go for the Maui Classic. I always wanted to go for that. that little Jim. Guy I know used to coach at Chaminade back in the day. I still say that there, there's a a valid um, you could make a valid case that the Chaminade upset of Virginia was the biggest upset in American sports history. Yeah, it's it's up there. I mean, I know the U.S. Olympic hockey team has got to be it's pretty difficult to beat that one because that one had um, impact beyond like just sports and stuff. Um. But people forget Virginia was a pretty a dominant team. Ralph Sampson was was a dominant player, three time player of the year, <laughs> and it wasn't particularly close. I mean, he was a dominant player, and Chaminade, their, their athletic department operated out of a shack, literally. Yeah. No, they they. I don't know how they won that game. Another one like that, well, not like that, but similar, <clears throat> was uh, when Richmond beat Indiana. Yeah. I know a guy on, on that, that was on that Richmond team, too. At least Richmond was a Division One team. Yeah, that's the that's the bigger difference. Because she was a part of Chaminade played in some ridiculous league against a bunch of teams that no one's ever heard of. Yeah, like Seattle Pacific. And, and like high school gyms. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember... I mean, their gym was like a high school gym. Yeah, right. And, and it was in... Uh, it, was, it was like between... The time between Christmas and New Year's. And they played in the middle of the night. Yep. And nobody even knew it till the next day. And I remember hearing on the radio, Chaminade beat Virginia. I was like, who the hell is Chaminade? Beat, <laughs> beat Virginia what? <laughs> like, 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 could this be possible? Is that a person? <laughs> yeah. Then the next <laughs> day, it wasn't, it wasn't even until the next day it hit the papers. Because. That was old school, man. Yeah. And I'll never forget the picture of the guy sitting on the rim <laughs> after the game. But I don't know how we got onto that. 
But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. That's called foreshadowing. You're foreshadowing. Stuff like that can't happen. Giant upset. See, like, like it just it, it can't happen anymore. Like there's no there's no mystery things like that because every game is on TV, just about or and and there's there's no, um. I mean, teams wouldn't schedule a team like that anymore. Yeah, like Appalachian State, that they're, they're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. Like, like Virginia is not going to schedule uh, a game at Chaminade in some rinky-dink gym in the middle of nowhere, you know, for no reason. It's just not going to happen. It just wouldn't happen anymore, ever. Just uh, these things just don't happen. Crazy as it may seem. Well, it, it's just like, um, you know, the 30 for 30 ESPN did on Bo Jackson. And I can't remember who it was, but they said, this can't happen anymore. Like, Bo Jackson wasn't, um, you know, like we didn't see Bo Jackson until he was in college. And, you know, he hit college running like he was the best player nobody really even knew yeah and nowadays everybody knows so everything. services and we know guys when they're in eighth grade yeah right <laughs> exactly like zion williamson yeah when he was in high school middle school he, he was he had 14 million instagram followers of him just destroying rims on on little white dudes <laughs> Just crushing these guys, you know these these kids. But, you know, everybody knows about everybody these days. There's just no, there's just no more, uh, you know, no more mysteries. Like Giannis is probably the last kind of guy like that, where nobody knew nothing about him, and they drafted, you know, fifteenth in the middle of the of the of the draft, and everybody was kind of like, you know, who like. like where did this guy come from you know that was a great it's really a great story and it's kind of undersold very undersold i mean but literally no one in the in the world knew this guy was six months before the draft six months before nobody knew who he was and you know the hawks brought him over and tried to hide him and they were going to draft him i think like like eighteenth, they had the eighteenth pick, and and the Bucks, the Bucks outmaneuvered them. But that was kind of one of the last, um, you know, real mystery people that, you know, nobody knew anything about the guy. And of course, you know, him at that point in his life, very what, raw, <laughs> what he turned into. I mean, yeah, that that that's not something that's normal either, but. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's so it's so different. Even horses, like we see, um, the anticipation for for runner horses running that are out there that uh, because their works are on you know XBTV or or uh, because they were you know big ticket horses and people start following them. That wasn't something that happened. 20, 25 years ago, where people knew horses before they even ran. Uh, that's something now that's, you know. Commonplace. It is. It's commonplace. 
you didn't see horses go off three to five first time out. It just no never way. happened. <laughs> Seriously, it just never happened. It happens a lot now. But there's there's not a lot of secrets anymore. Just horses with B graded workouts. Just B's and B minuses. No B pluses. No. I think next Wednesday will be our uh, Breeders' Cup show. Which would be the third? I believe so. Okay. Are we going to forego the aforementioned Monday show for the gigantic Wednesday show? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good question. Because the truth is that there's not a whole lot of action coming up the next uh, couple days. No. When do they actually draw the races? On Tuesday? Either Monday or Tuesday, I would think. Yeah. But no, we'll do a we'll do our show. Okay, down with that. It'll be good. I promise it'll be good. I give my my word. The the Chuck Simon stamp of approval. Guarantee. Guarantee. Money back. Guarantee. What? That's right. The show is not up to par. And we will return your money. (laughs) Not the money you bet, but the money it costs you to listen to the show. Free 99. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. But, uh, I'm ready for it, man. I I to get here soon enough. I know. I hate this low. It sucks. I hate the low. Hell, some of the horses we haven't seen in a long time. It's okay. Like Epicenter and uh, that Goodnight Olive. She hasn't run since Saratoga. Even the Epicenter hasn't run since Saratoga. It's like, man, it's a long time. Jackie's Warrior. It's been, it's been a long time since we've seen you guys. That's wild that they train up to it like that. Not even one race. I hear you. It's just uh, just the way things are these days. Whether we like it or not. So, so everyone, we will be... Uh, We'll be doing something next week for the Breeders' Cup. Something. Something. It's got to be good. Yep. Got to have a little mystery. A couple guests. We'll have a couple mystery guests. Okay. It's no bullshit, though. None. None. We don't do that here. No, sir. We'll be handing out food and drink vouchers at the end of the of the of the card. Brisket sandwiches for everyone. Yeah, big uh, big props to Fazek Tipton for bringing the food trucks in. Oh yeah, yeah, big move. Like it. 
shout out to Max Hodge for giving me a, a voucher. Nothing better than free food from a food truck. What'd you get? Well, opening day, I tried the... Uh, oh, this is a multiple day affair. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah, th- this is actually... Today was the third day. Opening day was Gus's fried chicken, which is good as it sounds. Okay, Gus. Uh, the second Sam? day, we went to some, some brisket. We had a little bit of brisket. Okay, okay. Some bourbon brisket. Good, good choice. Excellent choice. Yes. Uh, today, we did tacos. My guy hooked me up with an extra taco and everything. Damn. Yeah, so. Um, and Ron Moquette bought me a, a milkshake. Not an illegal milkshake. <laughs> a strawberry one. I was going to say, my guess would have been strawberry. That's right. We went to the strawberry. So, what what tomorrow will bring, I don't know. Told you, bread pudding, dude. I'm not a a fan of the bread pudding. Get on that. I just don't like the name of it. (laughs) (laughs) You could be missing out on the best food of your life. It freaks me out a little bit. But you just freaked out by the name. (laughs) It kind of freaks me out a little bit. Like, I like pudding. I like bread. But bread pudding? But not together. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Okay. Shame. Uh, I've been too tired to do anything else. <laughs> you need a Fitbit so you can tell us how many steps you took. Oh God! And today was like, it's it's been a lot, man. A lot more than I usually step. <laughs> my, my step. Oh, I I stopped at Prescott Downs the other day. Yeah, I saw that's gangster. Yeah, saw a horse you you knew. I did. I saw a horse that I imported to the United States eight years ago. He's still running. Red Cat. Sound. If anything. I'll tell you what. It was cold at Prescott Downs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it like in a valley? Like, isn't it like, and it's like windy. It always seems to be windy over there. It's the valley of hell, man. It was <laughs> cold. It was 37. I was in shorts. Oh, man. Moron. Dude, I almost had a heart attack this weekend in Alabama when it was 58 in the morning. Ugh. Yeah, the press. I hadn't been to the press since the day before they opened. That was the last time I was there. <laughs> what? Yep. The last time I was there was the day before Prescott Downs opened. You're playing slots? <laughs> no, I just stopped because it was there. I mean, it's right by the side of the road. Actually, there's a really good hot dog place across the street, which I got. See hot dogs. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. It, it was well thought out. I see. Yeah. The only problem is the gas is like robbery. The gas in Ohio and and Pennsylvania is super high. You people. Two eighty four. Two eighty four. You, you people are getting robbed. Yeah. Oh, California, don't even talk to them. They want to fight. Every time you bring up gas prices, they want to fight you. I don't blame them, though, because it's high. That's ridiculous. When your gas prices are higher in in Pennsylvania and Ohio than New York, 
you people have problems now. Yeah. <laughs> the guess. The Chuck Simon guess report. Actually, Kentucky's prices are pretty reasonable. But Ohio, you need some help. Need, need a lot of help. All right. Well, we will definitely be be around next week for a Breeders' Cup show with potentially spectacular results and a money back guarantee. And uh, you got anything else, sniper? Um. Yeah, we're gonna debate whether we're doing a Halloween show or not. Halloween is on when? <laughs> Next Monday. <laughs> oh man! And Steve Bick's gonna come hang out and pass out candy with us. If you can get Steve Bick to host your Halloween, I've had it happen. Do it. Do it. it is an experience now. The man's a. Uh, he's a. A legend with the jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> Legendary. Believe me, when when he opens the door and the kids are in the costumes, he, he's like emceeing a talent contest. <laughs> Everyone should witness that at least once. The Steve Bick. Uh, Gotta get that on camera. The Steve Bick Halloween. <laughs> Productions like the Bob Hope Show. Remember the, the Bob <laughs> Hope Christmas special? <laughs> the Steve Vick Halloween special. <laughs> he's like he's like Bob Hope and Ryan Seacrest all rolled into <laughs> one. Oh uh, man. <laughs> no musical guests. <laughs> uh, but we did have Jack O'Lanterns. Oh, I turned the look Monday Night Football. Look, the, the Patriots are getting wiped out. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I disown the Patriots. What a what a what a shame. Sorry, Belichick. I left Massachusetts. It was over for all their teams. I, they're dead to me. <clears throat> dead. Including the Celtics. Who are they? Celtics are going to be a problem. <laughs> but, uh, you know, screw the rest of them. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking to you next week. And if you made it this far, thank you for listening. And, uh, peace out. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, They have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees, your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of 
the freshman stallion of the year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it three for three, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at P-A-S Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out.